0: the precipice of something truly spectacular this company keeps building more and more momentum and whether I care to admit it or not there are a handful of young men who have been here since the beginning that will keep pushing this company forward for the next couple of decades four men to be exact four pillars
1: This is GKW Good Karma Wrestling. Welcome back in. I'm Gabe Knight. along with Jonathan Hood from ESPN 1000 Chicago, Brian Rowitz from ESPN West Palm. Of course, I do most of my work at ESPN Milwaukee, but where we wanted to start the show today because there are so many things going on in the world of wrestling. It kind of resets a little bit in the WWE after WrestleMania. But AEW, lots of things that they continue to build towards, maybe with some of their partners in New Japan Pro Wrestling as they have their first show in Chicago coming up this weekend. I know Jay hoods going to be there. Very excited to talk about that. So we decided that we would start today's show with taking that concept that MJF was talking about in that famous promo, the four pillars of AEW, but we're going to turn it into the four pillars of professional wrestling overall. So the four people that we believe right now are holding up professional wrestling. Thought it could be a fun topic of the four uh, best wrestlers going on right now. Jay Hood, who do you have at the top of your list?
0: Okay, the four pillars of professional wrestling in 2022. Well, you know, there are some wrestlers that are over and some that are not. Over the over the years, you could say The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin or Triple H or Ric Flair and The Horsemen. There's so many that have been pillars in the, Business for a long time, the number one pillar, and someone we did see wrestle at WrestleMania in 2022 is Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is one of the one, of the one of the pillars because he is a wrestler. And as a promoter, and he's uh, one of the He's a wrestler. He's a wrestler. Come he's a wrestler. On. He's on the roster. Did you see <laughs> WWE.com? <laughs> WWE. <laughs> WWE. <laughs> did you watch WWE.com? I saw wait, it. And he's did in they there put as him Mr. in the McMahon. active?
1: Is he on the active page right now? After that's getting right. a big win over uh, Pat McAfee at Mania?
0: That's right. That's right. So Mr. McMahon. Uh, no, actually, so Vince McMahon <laughs> has to be part of that. Those four pillars, followed by whoever has the WWE Championship, guys. And I guess right now it's Roman Reigns who's hotter in wrestling right now than Roman Reigns? Who's hotter than him at this point in time? He goes into WrestleMania and he's able to beat Brock Lesnar. He's had such a long title reign. I mean, he's making like Bruno San Martino and uh, what, like, uh, wrestlers of that ilk blush at this point in time with the long the Backland run, the, the Hulk Hogan run. This has been a long time for Roman Reigns to be champion. So he's one of the pillars of the business. And then from there, you've got to give it to independent wrestling around the world it wouldn't be listen if there wasn't four independent wrestling guys we wouldn't see some of these guys in the wwe in aew and, and new japan so independent wrestling all around the world i think is one of the pillars that hold up the business today and you got to give also credit to tony khan tony khan also is one of the pillars because he's not only owning AEW but also roh now maybe that's not the as big a like uh, a leg on the table as Vince McMahon, but he definitely is one of the pillars holding up the business today in 2022.
2: All right. So I, I think I agree with one and maybe half of yours. Uh, I put Roman in there also. I think yeah, I like mean Roman. Yes,
0: yes. Yes. Roman's I mean, going to
1: be on the, everybody's list.
2: Yes. Like you are the face of the WWE. You're the face of the the franchise that gets the most views every single week. Obviously numbers are down and they are what they are. But they are the most recognizable brand in sports, entertainment, in wrestling, whatever you want to call them. So I think Roman, definitely. The others I'm going to go with, so to your indie wrestling one, I sort of agree. But to me, representing them, I'm counting them as one, but the Bucks. I I think what they've done, like they are responsible for why we have AEW right now. I think they're a big reason as to why people sort of felt that connection to indie wrestling because of BTE, because of that access. So I think they're a big reason why. Sort of along those lines, I put Becky Lynch also as sort of the face of women's wrestling. I think she's a big reason as to why we got here. I think she's starting to branch out a little bit, and we see her here and there, and that's why I put her there. And then the fourth one, I'm going with Chris Jericho because I think AEW being successful is the best thing possible for pro wrestling, and the way you get that audience to grow, and they seem to be stuck right now just under a million, is a guy like Chris Jericho. He's someone that you tune tune into TBS or TNT, you're going to recognize him and be like, oh, this is Chris Jericho. I've seen him before. Let me try and watch this now. Whereas some of the other guys might not carry the same power. So that's why I put Jericho as the fourth guy.
1: I mean, if you watched him six months ago, you might not recognize him. You know, shout out yeah, to that weight loss, man. He's, he looks fantastic. He but does. I mean, yeah. To Jericho, I mean, he is the master of reinventing himself. You know, mm-hmm. just making those subtle changes. I mean, how many times has he reinvented himself in AEW already? From, yeah. you know, Le Champion and, and the bubbly stuff. And then he does, you know, the the musical show number with MJF <laughs> and, you know, kind of, you know, making now another heel turn after he had one faction kind of go with a face turn. Now with the Jericho Appreciation Society, he's back to a heel. It's He makes more turns than Big Show, but he makes it more, <laughs> they make more sense within the storyline. Right. He line.
2: reinvents himself, I think, is the biggest thing. Like, it's not just the turn. It's that he's reinventing and having different characters every time.
1: Yes, 100%. Because even though he's still coming out to Judas every week, you don't see, you know, LeChampion. You don't see any of the other stuff that identified him pre-Jericho Appreciation Society other than the music. So I've got Roman on my list, obviously, as well. Because he is, to me, the top thing in pro wrestling. You can't be champ for that long. You can't hold both belts in the WWE without being that guy. And the impressive thing here to me is, pre-pandemic, so just a little over two years ago, did you actually, if, if we did this list, despite WWE wanting Roman to be on this list, I don't think he would have been like, no. so the, the fact that everybody fought Roman Reigns as the guy in wrestling for so long, and now he is over and everybody just loves this head of the table character. They buy into it. It's fantastic. I, I For me, I'm surprised that we actually got here and kudos to them because they knew they had something. It just took them a while to find that right recipe. Well, I think the
2: frustration with WWE, like, you know, we get frustrated with their storytelling, but they told that story. They got Roman to this point, but it's now just being able to do other things like being with a focus on more than one toy at a time is the issue with WWE, because this shows they know what they're doing from time to time. They made Roman into the star,
0: but why can't we see it anywhere else? Well, well, ultimately, guys, it comes from trust, right? Who else has the autonomy besides Brock and Paul Heyman and maybe a little Randy Orton here and there to be able to be themselves? Here's bullet points of what you're going to say, but they can say it in their own voice. More times than not, 97% of the wrestlers who see the WWE are not speaking in their own voice. Uh, and that's because... Uh, they are not allowed to be able to say what they want to say. I mean, like, this is the best Roman we've ever seen because Roman this is as close to his personality. And I love that. I wish more WWE wrestlers had that kind of autonomy.
1: Well, that's what you always heard. I mean, at least from the Attitude Era guys, you know, like, hey, your character that goes out there, it's you. Just kind of turned up to 11. You know, you turn yeah. it up a little bit and, and you accentuate some things to make it more showbiz. But and to your point there, Jay hood it's not a coincidence that, along for this entire ride for Roman Reigns has been Paul Heyman. I don't think that's a coincidence that we've seen the best Roman Reigns, which is why also I think we're kind of apprehensive and more hopeful about Cody Rhodes, because it seems like he has a little bit of that freedom, at least to start. We'll see how that continues. Uh, I I agreed with you in terms of um, Brian, in terms of like the face of women's wrestling, Becky Lynch. I had her on my list as well, just because Again, I mean, she was gone for, you know, the almost a year, you know, because she, she got pregnant, but she comes back immediately, gets the giant pop at SummerSlam, goes over, everybody's upset, but then she's able to turn it into something that, okay, we boo you out of respect. Like we, you know, we accept this heel character, but I think that the crowd is still pretty much behind her. I also agree on, on that the only- note, real
2: fast. I think she deserves credit for being one of the people that got over outside of storytelling. Like she got over organically after her nose broke and instead of it being used against her, which we see so often in WWE, it turned into a positive and she was
0: able to go on this run. I think that deserves credit. I will give the WWE credit because when Becky Lynch came back, she wins the championship in 30 seconds or less against Bianca Belair in Las Vegas. She goes to the first Raw, and and she wants to be a heel, but people weren't turning with her. It's like, it's Becky Lynch. Who, who boos a woman who just had a baby, right? I, I mean, you, you just had a baby, boo. Like, like well, And she tried it, right? So it took about three weeks to a month for people to understand, like, oh, she's really into herself. I was not for the heel turn or the, at least the change of personality, but it really worked out well for her because it elevated her even more. It was Vince's vision to turn her heel. I didn't like it, but you know what? It's worked out well for Becky Lynch because she gets even more respect now. Well,
1: that's what happened, you know, to kind of go along with Brian when she first got over, when, you know, she busted the nose, part of the invasion angle, you know, right before a, a Survivor series. All part of that storyline as well was, oh, well, she was tagging with uh, Charlotte Flair. And then, she, you know, like Charlotte stealing all the spotlight. And, Like Everybody was behind Becky Lynch when she turned on Charlotte Flair, even though she was supposed to be the heel. Like Everyone's like, no, this is supposed to be Becky's (laughs) moment. Why are we inserting Charlotte here? Everybody was still behind Becky. Uh, I do have the Young Bucks on there as well because I felt that tag team wrestling needed to be represented in these pillars. Because I think what AEW and what the independents do incredibly well, to your point as well, Jay Hood, is tag team wrestling. It can be an afterthought at times with the wwe you know where they just kind of hodgepodge it and throw some you know a couple of wrestlers together um sometimes it accidentally works out like i would say rk bro has been pretty entertaining over the last few months and you know some again sometimes it works out and a lot of times when they decide to do new day and usos even though we've seen it six (laughs) thousand times it's still going to be a really good match so i'm going to sign up for it much like anytime we get the young bucks and the Lucha Brothers, like those mm-hmm. have been two of my favorite matches, Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers, when they've done them at All Out in Chicago, like they have been some of my favorite matches, the cage, the steel cage match this last year, and they put on a hell of a show against FTR this last week. So I think the Young Bucks, what they do, again, what they mean to AEW, what they mean to tag team wrestling, they're on my list. And then I kind of struggled with my last one. I thought about putting MJF, I thought about Jericho, but ultimately I landed at John Moxley. Because I think that the BCC doesn't work without John Moxley. I think he's one of the most over-wrestlers in AEW. People really get into it whenever he shows up. And he, he just, again, I, I feel that people buy into what he's doing because he's made it so real and has gone from goofy guy getting a shot in his ass in, in WWE... <laughs> to legitimate ass kicker in AEW. He's been the AEW world champ. And anytime he's involved with something, it feels that much more important on AEW.
0: So um, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, Becky Lynch. Why isn't it Charlotte? (sighs) I mean, so
1: again, in in terms of the, that's a great question. Cause I also thought about, okay, you know, women's wrestling. You think of Becky, I think you think of Charlotte i just buy into becky more i think the crowd is more behind her the the, the charlotte thing she she kind of grows stale from time to time and mm. maybe becky is benefiting here from being gone for those 10 11 12 months while she was off having a baby so then she was able to kind of reinvent herself and be so fresh for the last six seven months but i just could to lean towards becky because i feel that the story she ends up telling end up being a lot more compelling than the stories that are involving Charlotte Flair.
2: And I think also the fact, like just from a mainstream standpoint, I feel like we don't see Charlotte at stuff. Like we see Becky, we see Sasha, I guess Bailey a little bit. But like, I feel like those two, like if anything, if not Becky, I would probably go more towards Sasha. Like some of the shine she's gotten in the last few months, storyline-wise she's not at the top right now. But, you know, being at the start of the national championship, being in the Mandalorian, like she's all over the place
0: also and representing from a different area. Well, I think that we all agree we just went in a different route, right? Because when I say independent wrestling, if it wasn't for independent wrestling, we probably wouldn't have AEW because it all right. stems from the Young Bucks. They had to be the first ones to to buy in, and then Jericho, and then Cody. It's funny. Uh, one of our uh, comments on here says, what about Cody? Um, I think that that's an emerging pillar. I mean, he definitely was in AEW for a while, but now we'll see what happens in the WWE. Can he be one of the pillars? Because i tell you one thing, guys, as we've been seeing on Raw – I mean, he gets his AEW music, his AEW, uh, his entrance. He gets more pyro than JBL ever had uh, when he was champion. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's a, or more than Batista. It's amazing, right? So, I think that he's an emerging pillar for sure in wrestling based on what we've seen so far in 2022. We're all shocked that he still gets the entrance, right? Pro wrestling
1: has more than one. Like, the fact that he says professional wrestling <laughs> yeah. in the open, like Vince is somehow letting this go. It's unbelievable. I, I love it. I just – and part of it with Cody is it's all about trust. You said it before, Jay Hood. It's all about trust. And I want to trust that they're going to tell some great stories with Cody. But they're at a point where I have to see it to believe it at this point. Outside of Roman Reigns, outside of Brock Lesnar, like those are the only two in the last two years who have consistently been able to kind of do their thing. And if you let Cody do his thing within the WWE, because again, Seth Rollins, like at one point Seth Rollins would have been on this list. And I would argue Seth Rollins should be on this list, but he's not because of the way that WWE has, has kind of used him over the last couple of years. I thought that they had a really good chance and a really good story to tell potentially with him uh, the way he defeated, you know, by disqualification Roman Reigns before WrestleMania. And that seems to have fallen by the wayside. So I, I, I hope that Cody gets there. Because that means WWE is telling a really good story, but right now I can't trust that.
2: I agree with that. And the other thing with Cody, like I think Monday worked so well to him and the Miz segment, the match was whatever, but the promo where he's mentioning those, you know, those those words you're not supposed to mention in Vince's world, like calling himself a pro wrestler, calling it a belt, and like you know Miz sort of playing the sports entertainer, I think worked. The worry now with Cody, you know, the numbers mean so much. That Raw after mania, they finally topped two mil first time in a while. They went back under two mil this week. So, like, I worry if it continues down that road, does Cody still get this freedom or does he become the scapegoat all of a sudden?
1: The numbers mean something only so far, right? Because, like, the, <laughs> in the last four or five years, the top-rated, like, Raw was when they did the two-hour uh, gauntlet match with Seth Rollins. <laughs> like, he was one of the top-rated things. Like, oh, shocking, like, professional wrestling fans <laughs> like professional wrestling. And yeah. we haven't, you know, we'll, we'll get into it here a little bit, but I was at SmackDown on Friday. We had four matches in two hours.
0: Well, that's what happens when SmackDown comes to a B-Town, Nigel. Oh,
1: boy. Oh,
0: Jay Hood, looking for that Milwaukee (laughs) heat. He wants that Milwaukee (laughs) (laughs) heat. When you come to a B-Town, pal, you get four matches. Chicago, you would have had eight. But I just, I, I just, I, I, hey, man, sorry. Man, <laughs> I, was, hey,
1: I was looking forward to like you coming up to the AEW show in June, but okay, you know what? Fine, hey, if that's I'm the coming. way it's going to be, we'll have to sit on separate sides of the
0: arena when they come up here. I'm coming right. up there in June. I am coming up there. Please let me in. Please let me in the Panther Arena. Please let me in. Knights right. will have the door locked it's unbelievable oh, I, I know I'll, be in. I'll know people Jay but I'll
1: keep you <laughs> out um let's go ahead and get to what we like to call our three count what do we have at number one Brian
2: well we'll start with that SmackDown. the night ended on Friday with Nakamura interrupting Roman Reigns is main event knock the right next move with the universal title
1: they clearly don't know what the next right move is, right? If, if Shinsuke Nakamura was coming out. So, again, I was there uh, for SmackDown because it was in Milwaukee at Fiserv Forum. And I was actually surprised because the last time the WWE came around, and maybe it had something to do with being, I think it was December you know, 22nd, 23rd, something like that. It was just a few days before Christmas, that Christmas week. It was very poorly attended. Like, they pretty much jammed everybody over to the camera side to make it look a little <laughs> more full. But this time he was legitimately full. Like, Pfizer Forum was as full as, as it's been for a WWE show, but it really didn't deliver. It was okay. I, Becky, or excuse me, uh, Ronda Rousey came out. Her promo, like, she was kind of tough to hear initially on the mic, so they had some sound issues. They eventually got that figured out. But we had four matches. We had four matches. Uh, we had a the, the premiere of uh, of Gunther. He had a squash <laughs> match. Um we had a roll-up, which was, it was kind of a fun match. Xavier beat Butch, you know, and then Butch got a little feisty after. Uh, the, be- the best match of the night was when Liv beat Sasha. The crowd absolutely ate that up. The fact that Liv came in, beat Sasha, that was fun. And then we got Sami Zayn versus Drew McIntyre, which wasn't much of anything. Um, so a lot of promos, a lot of recaps other than that. Like, and, and then Shinsuke Nakamura comes out at the end. If, if they let Shinsuke actually be a contender, I'm okay with it. But I can't trust them with Shinsuke after he won the Royal Rumble. We all got excited for Shin versus AJ. And that's probably one of the more disappointing WrestleMania matches I can remember because of how excited we are. But we pointed it out. We talked about it last week on WrestleMania going in we could probably point to the you know there are only a handful of matches that we were probably really excited for some of them over delivered but for the most part the ones that we thought were going to be good ended up being pretty good that one was just so disappointing with shinsuke versus aj so the crowd was excited that shinsuke came out but to me it was like they looked around like okay someone's got a uh, shinsuke all right come on down and i i just it doesn't seem like a great idea because they haven't booked Shinsuke Nakamura outside of being a comedy act yep. for, what, year and a half at this point?
0: Yeah, at least. Well, yeah, well, I mean, am I supposed to believe that Shinsuke Nakamura could beat Roman Reigns when uh, Brock Lesnar couldn't beat Roman Reigns? I mean, it's just sometimes it's just common sense, right? And it's common sense booking. If you knew three to five months ahead of time, like, hey, Brock's going to lose, and Shinsuke's next. Don't you got to get Shinsuke hot?
1: I yep, mean, it's, yep. it's,
0: it's, it's very simple, right? It's like, if he's really a contender, don't you put the IC championship on him, a U.S. championship, whatever championship, or put what? him on a heater for the championships.
1: In fairness, the IC was on him yeah. a few months ago.
2: Right? And it, I think he defended it, like, what, twice? Yes. I think it was, like, two defenses in four months. So
0: I guess technically <laughs> – yeah, I mean that's the point, right? I mean, so so he did here he comes. He stands up there in pretty much a comedy act with Rick Boogs. Boogs is out, so like you just said, it's just like pin the nail on Shinsuke and just kind of just and just try to find a contender. Yes, you. Okay, so am I supposed to pay money for that? See, that's why the WWE doesn't care, right? It's like if you really cared about the booking you find someone, here's a guy that's red hot, and he's ready to step up against Roman Reigns. Make it believable. I can't believe that Shinsuke could do anything against Roman Reigns. I mean, Roman beat Brock. He's been the champion for over 600 days. And I'm supposed to believe that that guy, now here's the thing. If New Japan Pro Wrestling Shinke, Shinsuke Nakamura stepped up, I'd say, okay, now here we go. You sit up a little, a little straighter <laughs> in your chair, and you're like, okay, here we go. Something special, right? But that's not who Shinsuke is.
1: And the same thing, I guess, goes with, and and now he's the NXT champ again, but Braun Breaker. Like, I'm supposed to take this guy now as a credible threat on the main roster whenever he comes to Raw, whenever he comes to SmackDown, after he lost twice to to Dolph Ziggler, who I really like and I think should have been treated better in the WWE. He was unfortunate with some of the timing of the injuries that he had because he is a past champion. But Dolph hasn't been a legitimate threat for anyone on the main event level in such a long time. So for him to go down to NXT, beat Braun Breaker twice, they're going to have to wait for a while before Braun Breaker, you know, comes up to the roster and to me becomes a credible threat for anything.
2: Well, even to your point, Jay Hood, like even if it was NXT Nakamura, you look at it a little bit differently, but they've cut his legs out completely since he got called up, which we see so often. And it's also hard not to think about the fact that if not for the injury, there's no way he's in this situation. He's
0: still in that comedy
2: act right now. So like that takes away from it also.
0: Guys, let me tell you the biggest lie ever told in the sport and the sports entertainment realm of professional wrestling. The biggest lies ever been told is wins and losses don't matter. Now maybe in the back, wins and losses don't matter. It's like oh, you know, I lost or yeah, I won. But it does matter based on the perception that we have as wrestling fans on who's next, who the next champion is, or the next challenger is. That does matter. So when. I hear like uh, Road Dog Road Jesse James or some of these other guys that were agents, and they get on Twitter and say, oh, no, these wins and losses don't matter. Well, they matter as far as us believing whether or not someone can be a champion or not because everything's about suspending disbelief. So, but, so at this point, I can't believe that Knock can win the championship because he's been so up and down in his career.
2: Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. And that's why AEW is trying to, you know, fix that and do the win-losses. I think they still have some flaws, which we sort of talked about last week, where, you know, a Jay Lethal will show up and he's 20-1. and one. It's like, hey, we've seen him wrestle two matches. I don't understand what's going on there. But, yeah, the 50-50 thing, hey, you're going to win this week, and then he's going to win next week, and everyone's going to get a win.
1: Yeah, that hurts storytelling. So are we worried that Cody's going to get that, you know, he's going to lose and he's going to drop it right back to Seth? He gets the big WrestleMania moment. He comes out now, Seth, you know, comes out because Cody said rematch. So Seth comes out, it's going to be a good match, but is Seth going to get that win back? And is that going to stunt momentum for Cody Rhodes?
0: Uh, The answer is eventually. Yes. I think that does happen. (laughs) I think eventually, right. You know how it works. Is the company that's known for 50 50 booking. Hey, you beat me. I beat you. You beat me. I beat you. I beat you, you, I beat me. You beat me, we beat each other. I mean, that's, that's the WWE, And they, right? can
2: they coexist? Don't forget that part. That's a key component as well, the storyline.
0: Oh, so at some point,
2: they'll have team. to tag yes. together. Yeah.
1: And yes, can they coexist for this one night and be able to you're win right. that match? But again, to the point of, yeah, those wins have to matter. Because that's, I mean, you, you have one legitimate star you know, in Roman Reigns in your men's division. Because of a lot of that has to do with your 50-50 booking. Because licenses yes, don't matter
2: and titles don't matter. I mean, was it Ricochet this week? said like, oh yeah, the IC title needs to be on every pay-per-view moving forward. It's like, good luck with that. Like there's not a chance. You just got
0: left off mania. <laughs> You're not getting that all of a sudden. I saw that. And and put a, to put a bow on it, I heard AJ Styles in, in a couple of interviews saying how disappointed he was in that matchup against Nakamura. So if, if we're disappointed, he was aware also that that match just didn't work for him. And they just didn't, they just didn't gel in that match.
1: Yeah, yeah which was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So let's go ahead. Let's get to our number two on the three count.
2: All right, guys. AEW this past week saw the Blackpool Combat Club add wheeler Utah That led to WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry declaring this on XM's busted open.
0: Tell me, Bully, like the BCC is going to be the new NWO. Wow, that's a hot take really write it down take a picture fax it smoke signals whatever the hell you want to do with it the bcc is going to be the new big thing in wrestling every guy could be the main event every week that's what the bcc could be all right guys so
2: agree or disagree with the potential of the bcc
1: I mean, I think the BCC has tons of potential. I am a huge – I think I, if you couldn't tell with the way I was, you know, talking about John Moxley earlier, I am a huge John Moxley stand. all right? I am a BCC mark. I am loving everything they are doing. I really enjoy the way this has all come together, the story they've told with Wheeler Yuta. But this seems absolutely insane to me. Like, I can't actually this, – this is like – this is just Mark Henry, AEW employee, trying to make something seem – probably cooler than it is like i i certainly see some potential here but nwo potential like he's he's talking early nwo not like later nwo where everybody's in nwo and you've got red and black and hollywood and whatever right like he's talking early nwo like the cool part Mm -hmm. i just don't
0: see it i uh i heard mark say that my friend mark henry i saw him say that and i said boy he's been hitting the head a lot um, uh, that, That's his line, not mine, uh, but um, I, I, I just, you know, you know, I, I just think that that's taking it uh, a step too far because we got to remember how the NWO came together. We all know the story of Scott Hall coming down, then here comes Kevin Nash, and then they had to convince Hulk Hogan to be part of the NWO, and so they were outsiders coming in, and so that's why that story made sense as far as the NWO getting on a heater i mean we saw how that worked with this particular faction it feels more like the heart foundation of pillman brett owen knightheart uh and brett and davy boy smith in the wwf i like that i felt it feels more like that because they're a serious group it feels like the shield in some ways guys yeah, because i can see because, that because, because this the shield was a, a serious group no, no matter what you thought of the group as far as the top factions you've ever seen. The Shield has to be on that team photo because they came across series. There's a young Moxley. It's Seth Rollins. It's Roman Reigns. He was the guy that was the big guy in that group. And so it feels like that. There's a main event mafia feel where because you got veterans. In TNA they had Nash, Angle, Booker T, Scott Steiner, Sting, and Samoa Joe all in the same faction that's pretty strong because those are all veterans of Hall of Famers. And so I think with this group, because it's so it's so new and so young, is there going to be a fourth or fifth member? I don't know. But Wheeler-Yuda proved that he belongs based on what we saw on Rampage of him you know, bleeding 10 pints of blood in that <laughs> yeah. matchup. Uh, and then and putting we, and we, BCC all... on his chest <laughs> in that blood? Yeah. I mean, that was awesome, right? And, yeah. so, and, we, and we already know that the other two, with Moxley and Danielson, are, are really solid. Let's see more. I think it's, it's too early to call them one of the best factions of all time in the NWO. Maybe they're on their way, but at this point, I don't see that.
2: Look at Jay Hood being the one giving the impact love this week. The thing with them, (laughs) though. Well, this is the the impact pregame show? It is the impact pregame show. So, you know, we we gave the mention. We're good. So the big difference, like, you mentioned the young aspect. Like, when I think NWO, obviously, where they stand is going to be where they stand, you know, the greatest of all time. But they were on the older end. They were names. They were established names. When it comes to this faction, like, I, I want to see more of what we saw with wheeler Yuta. I want to see more young guys like that trying to earn their way in, but not everyone gets in. They have banger of matches with Mox or Brian or whoever, and some of the guys don't earn the respect, but then some of them do, because the way the crowd would eat up wheeler Yuta, like, he was just a guy the last few months with the best friends. He had some great matches, but he was just a guy, and the last few weeks turned him into a star. And if we can see more of that and more young stars sort of get that rub. Then all of a sudden it becomes a little bit more, you know, we look at it differently in terms of history. I think Shield is a perfect comparison because we can look back and be like, wow, all these guys, future world champions, they started with the BCC, and I think that has the potential to do that right now.
1: Yeah, I think they eventually add more. I love that idea, Brian. Like, I think that's a really good where some people get it and other people don't. And I'm trying to think back. I know Daniel Garcia was on, like, the initial pitch list sure. when, you know, when – Brian Danielson was trying to have this thing come together. You know, he's listing off some of the young stars in the back that maybe need direction. Well, Garcia's got something else to do now. He's in the Jericho (laughs) Appreciation Society. So that's probably not going to be necessarily next on their list. So I'm curious. And then, you know, you're kind of curious who is going to step up. And then you're curious with, um, are are they going to get to a point where they start putting belts on these guys? Where they right, start, sure. you know, where they get an opportunity for the tag team titles. Do they get an opportunity for a TNT? Does Mox or, or Daniel Bryan, uh, Bryan Danielson get another opportunity at the AEW World Championship? So they, they've got, to me, a long way to go in the story they're telling here. I think the BCC is going to be around for a little bit. You know, I don't think it's going to be a flash in the pan type thing. These guys are going to have a great long-term t- story. And I think it has potential. And, and I'm also one of those people, like, even when I'm doing, you know – when, when we're doing our normal shows, you know, when we're talking about, you know, baseball or basketball or football, and, and we got the NFL draft coming up, you know, and yeah. you just see these comparisons like, oh, here's a young Anquan Bolden. Like, can we just let this guy kind of do his thing first before yeah. we start throwing these tags on him? Let, let's let the BCC grow into organically whatever it's going to be and not throw the pressure of NWO onto this thing.
0: I think yeah, I think it is premature. I I'm not sure who the next person is for this particular faction. I know it, who it won't be, uh, Marina Shafir. It won't be her. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty clear that it, that she won't be part of this faction. Um, but I just I I just think that with uh, William Regal with Lord Regal part of this, guys. I mean I think that he's a cherry on the Sunday. Just oh, the way, so nice. just uh, just the that it's just it's a subtle thing. But after the matchup with Wheeler Yuta. He's looking at Yuta, and he turns his head like a dog would turn his head. He's, like, looking up and just, like, and like backpedaling. It's just, uh-huh. it's just the little subtle things that Regal does that bring something to the table. It's different than any manager or different than what Heyman would do. Just a subtle head turn, like, oh, my God, I didn't know that was in you, right? Just watch Regal very closely. And, by the way, Regal the best color man in AEW as well, yeah.
1: apparently. <laughs> I was about to 100%. say, anytime he's on commentary, it's fantastic. <laughs> like, it's, it's yes. tremendous when he's on commentary during the BCC matches.
2: Yeah. And also go check out AEW's Twitter uh, post-Dynamite last night. He was cursed and uncursed by Danhausen, And, like, the way he got that. into that, like, that just shows just sort of his range. And I think another name out there, Lee Moriarty, I think maybe could be one of those young guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of AEW, big world title match Friday, Battle of the Belt Saturday. So sort of a part two, I guess, to this question. Do we see any title changes this week? We have a world title match Friday. We have a Ring of Honor title match on Saturday. Uh, what else we had? The women's title is on the line. The TNT title is on
1: the line. A lot of uh, big yeah. matches the next few days. Yeah, between between the tag te- the tag team titles being on the line, the ROH TV title being right. on the line on Wednesday. There's a lot of championships yeah. that are you know <laughs> up for grabs right now in AEW. I'm gonna say I, I don't think we see any title changes. Like I, I don't think it's the time to take it off a of Hangman. You know I, I'm. I, I don't know how I feel about this rematch with Adam Cole. I just I, I enjoyed the last promo that I got out of Hangman. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian, last week you said he was probably the best promo he's given, and I agree with yeah. that. I, I don't know if I'm into that match necessarily. I'm definitely not. I, I I hate that the first challenger for the women's match is going to be not a Rose. Like yeah. I, I feel like she's had so many opportunities. I'd like to see somebody else step up to Thunder Rosa for that. I don't think they're just going to give the TNT back to Sammy Guevara. I think they're trying to build something there with the American top team and, and the record that Scorpio Sky has where he hasn't lost in over a year. So I just don't see any of those you know, main AEW championships exchanging hands over the next course the next couple of days. I think we could have some great matches, but ultimately yeah. I don't think we see anything change hands.
0: Nella Rose and Thunder Rosa is going to be a banger, though. That's going to be a really good match because um, Nyla is one of the originals, right? And so she deserves the opportunity. I think it's, it's up to – it's like anything else. You know Nyla going to give Thunder Rosa a really good match. And so I look forward, I look forward to that. I just think that um, there's some confusion in the marketplace right now for AEW. There's a lot of confusion, right? I like We're watching a lot of ROH, and I can't wait to see what this announcement is going to be this upcoming Wednesday from Tony Khan. It better be a streaming service for ROH. Because okay. you're, you're confusing the marketplace here, right? So I'm suppo- as, a, as a fan, I sit down, all right, AEW from New Orleans. All right, let's check it out. And it's a, it's a good show, but then here comes, like, there's Jay Lethal and there's Slap Dutt and there's Samoa Joe, and I'm just watching it. And I'm like, if I'm a, just a, a staunch AEW fan, I don't understand this ROH stuff, right? right. They need to make, give some clarity here on what's important. Is AEW important or does everything Tony Khan – have is that more important yeah it just you can't confuse it Brian. i've I've seen it too often in wrestling where you start confusing the marketplace like we got a bunch of matches all right <laughs> well what's your story tell me yeah. your story that like to me i don't know about you brian and Gabe. i think that i kind of think that rampage will be better than the battle of the belts on saturday
1: yeah, look at I look at both that. cards
0: yeah. i actually think so yeah get the, yeah. the world title on friday Well,
1: that's the the world title and the BCC on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, right. We talked about the world title and how
2: great last week was, but this week we just got a video package. Like, why did we not see Hangman or Cole this week? Like, why are we not pushing the world title more? And I know we've talked about they want to make Rampage a bigger deal and sort of be its thing, but I worry about that. And we talk about wins, losses. I worry about Cole losing again and what that means for him. Like, where does he go from there? If he loses yet another world title match
0: on Friday. I just remember, just just remember, Gabe, we're smart now. All three of us and the people that are watching and listening are smart now. Is Adam Cole gonna win the championship on a Friday against you know on a Friday night? And that on paper. Special start time though. Uh, well, we, yeah, do it's, have, it's, we do it's, have it's, a yeah. special
1: start time. You know, <laughs> yes, I, I wasn't yes, factoring that into my right. math. Special start time. I'm gonna change yes. my mind. Yes, we're are gonna they're gonna flip the title on Friday night in the Texas
0: deathmatch. <laughs> yeah, I was, I,
1: was um, I can't believe I forgot that.
0: Hold on it's a seven six five. Yeah, so Adam Cole's gonna win the championship at four fifty in the uh-huh. afternoon in California. <laughs> awesome. Live. <laughs> I mean, we're
1: so. we gotta be getting pretty close to Kenny Omega coming back, right? Like that's gotta be the next step. You know, you you kind of get the bucks and, and every that, you know, Bucks, Red Dragon, get that whole thing back into the fold and eventually have that Adam Cole, Kenny Omega showdown. That would be my guess is in terms of what next for okay for Adam Pay for uh for Adam Cole, but yeah,
2: uh, I guess I Adam confusion. Gonna... I get it.
1: Yes. Yes. Too many. Yeah. That's <laughs> the other thing. Too many Adams. And I've noticed yeah, right. by the way, <laughs> AEW has dropped the Adam from hangman page that's for, good. <laughs> this, for this feud at least because it, again, lot, way too many Adams going on yeah. <laughs> right now in AEW.
0: Vince uh, would have changed the name. Well, Vince definitely would have changed both of their names. I'm or... surprised that Adam Cole and Michael Cole were actually on the same roster. I'm that I'm surprised. Sure. Maybe maybe that's why Adam Cole didn't get into the main roster. Maybe <laughs> that's why, because we already have Michael, right?
1: You already had Michael. He can't have. can't have more than one,
0: right?
2: <laughs> All right, guys. Let's get to number one. We talked about Dynamite last night. Another top-notch card that ended with the debut of Satnam Singh. The debut was met with a subpar reaction. How did it impact the whole night for you yesterday?
1: I left confused. I thought it was a pretty good show. Um, I, the, the the matches were. You know, a lot of fun. You know, yeah, yeah. I think you had a great tag team championship match. Anytime you put the Bucks and FTR in the same ring, that's going to be a lot of fun. And Samoa Joe, and you like, they delivered in the main event. Like, it was a yeah. fun <laughs> match. They delivered in that main event. And then they just decided to walk all over it. And man, you put out the lights for that long, and then you put them back up, and everyone's going, who are you? Yeah excuse me <laughs> one second who are you and the only thing he can do is the the brain crusher thing like what do we do it, it doesn't give me hope he didn't look like he could move all that well Singh did so I, I don't know if we're just looking at another great colleague situation another almost situation that they've got going on in wwe a big guy who looks intimidating but at the end of the day especially in aew especially in aew where the work rate is higher you've got this brand of match that you put on. If he can't compete to that level, I I really don't know what we're doing.
0: Well, anytime you see something like the end of that main event on Dynamite, you always follow the money. And that's exactly what it was. AEW has a brand new deal in India. And so what uh, Tony Khan was doing was winking at the people of India saying, hey, thanks so much for uh, brokering this deal. Now we have a brand new audience on a bigger platform in India. So we're going to bring out Singh. And that just went over like a fart in church because when you turn the lights off, we'll go back to ECW with this, right? When you turn the lights off and you turn it back on, you want to see something special. It could be someone from New Japan. It could be somebody It's a former WWE guy, but it can't be him when you turn the lights off because you turn the lights back on and everybody in New Orleans were like, what? I'm not sure who this is. And then on top of that, just the idea that the Ring of Honor TV Championship was the main event on AEW Dynamite. I have a problem with that. Maybe you two don't. I do have a problem with it, and but I understand why it happened. As far as the match with Suzuki and Joe, something along the lines of 75 chops between the two, that's an acquired taste at the beginning, yes. 75 chops. That's an acquired taste, right? That was a New Japan style. That's a strong style, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, it was a Suzuki match. It wasn't a yep. Joe match. It was a Suzuki no. match. Now, again, that's not for everybody. Um, but I, I watched it, and I was like, okay, at some point, they're going to have to stop chopping each other and do some kind of wrestling. Now, I didn't expect for Suzuki to have the championship taken off him so quickly. He just won it at the Ring of Honor uh, show in Dallas, and now Joe's the champion. Okay, great. But – Here's, here's one thing I just want to point out real quickly. Guys, besides Paul White, name me the guy that's over seven foot that's been over in wrestling. Uh, well, over, since, mean, since Paul
1: White. I mean, Shaq about, was pretty over. Like, pre- yeah. people were pretty excited when he took that bump, you know, when, when he fell backwards after Cody jumped into him, took that bump off the table. People got excited about that. That being said, Shaq's not a wrestler.
2: The other one I'll throw out, and it might only be for the intro, Big Cass. You can't teach that. That that was a big deal. But then they split him up and, you know, they ruined that.
0: Is he legit seven foot up? My my point is is that (laughs) these guys that they bring over, and and this is like Great Khali and other, and Giant Gonzalez back in the day, you know, Elegante and WCW, those guys, those guys just don't get over, man. Paul White was over but he was ruined by the wwe because they didn't make him special he was rolling out there every week and he had as gabe said like 35 different heel and babyface, you know switches so they didn't make a giant special even though he was able to get over the best he could with wwe booking but a guy that size if he can't move and he doesn't have any wrestling ability then it's a waste I know why he's out there is because of the t- the indie uh, TV deal, but my God, man! Like, if you don't believe what I'm saying, watch almost in WWE. He sucks. Yep, he can't <laughs> wrestle. I mean, just as simple as that. It's not his fault. It's just that you, he can't he can't get it done. Like Bobby Lashley carried him in that matchup at WrestleMania. AJ Styles could not do anything with him, and that was his tag team partner. Uh, either as a as a tag team or when they took on each other, so guys that size, if they can't move, they don't deserve a spot in in, in the ring. It's just a spectacle. But you can, you can see a seven footer in an NBA game. I don't need to see them in my wrestling if they can't do anything. Is that fair? Well,
2: yeah, I think it's completely fair. I agree with you guys also about the lights. Like I think if it wasn't a lights out debut, I think we take it a little bit differently. If it's Jay Lethal on the you know the ramp saying, "Hey, I got a surprise for you. Here's your present," and he just points. And then sings behind him. We do it that way. But I'll ask you this, guys. Like, if we don't see sing on AEW anymore and he becomes something that is just Ring of Honor, does that change at all? Like, this is a way to get him a rub and you get people excited a little bit, which I don't think it did. But now he just becomes a Ring of Honor guy. Does that make it any better? Assuming they have a TV deal.
1: Probably not for me. Um, even though you debuted it after the ROH title just changed hands, then then wait to debut him. Sure. on your roh show like if if you have one again who knows what the the, the right. announcement is going to be next week for tony khan i think it's safe to assume it's going to be roh related but again who knows when the it, but you're you're right if he would have been introduced the right way he would've had ever had would have had to me a better chance like right now they're gonna have to dig themselves out of a Satnam sing-sized hole right because that's how deep when, when you turn off the lights and many debuts everyone's going hmm And by the way, this isn't the first time that AEW did this. I was at the the first AEW show in Chicago non-pay-per-view, their first Rampage. It was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And the lights go out, and they come back up, and it's the Butcher and the Blade with the bunny. And and the bunny had already debuted as somebody else in AEW. So you're going, wait, I think that's her... Who are these other two guys? I'm not 100% sure. Is that who I think it is? Like, you didn't really know. And it was kind of met with out of the crowd, like, um, what? You know, it, yeah. it, it was supposed to be this big thing, and it just kind of fell. And I feel that really hurts Butcher you're in the blade to this day in AEW where it's really been hard to get them over. And I think yeah. it's going to be the same thing with Singh. It's going to be hard to get them over after you have a debut like that. Well, they get the other like, it's, side. It's,
0: it's, yeah.
2: Remember, it also happened with Dark Order. Like, remember when Uno and that when they made their debut, it was the same thing. I was like, who? And they were able to turn it around. And Dark Order is completely over now. So maybe there is hope. But yeah, I agree. Like, you'd think they would have learned from it. Like, that's two misses where it's like, hey, we got someone. And I was like, no, you don't. Like, who are these guys? Like, I think so.
0: So I mean, for I for know, for, for, a, it. for a hot crowd in New Orleans, by the way, and give them Oh, credit. it was I mean, such it was a like, good crowd. It was a hot crowd. I mean, you got the Pelicans playing down the street but yet you got a nice crowd in New Orleans that was red hot you took the air out of the crowd by set, by having that uh, that afterbirth after the main event with uh, Suzuki and Joe and it's kind of like in the crowd was just like confused like who is this guy in the suit do i know him why should i care right and so that that's the thing i understand why it happened there's a reason why it happened it could have happened but, but of course that the the kiss of death is is the cheek squeeze yeah. when you get a big guy that gives you the cheek squeeze the it's all calling. over guys it, it's all over it's it's over before he started if that's his move is yeah. to, to squeeze your cheeks together like and it was cute with samoa joe because he got chubby cheeks when yeah, you yeah. can do this <laughs> when you do the cheek squeeze like this and if that's your finish that's the shits it yeah. just is it's bad yeah.
1: Again, if so. he could do something else, they would have had him do something else. Like, that's that's the way I look at it. If he could have done something else, he'd have done something else other than just try to squeeze the head. By the way, um, because, again, the, the, you, you mentioned New Orleans. Shout out to, you know, I mean, Ricky Starks ends up getting the win in his hometown, which AEW does a lot of people winning their hometown. Yeah. But shout out to Swerve Strickland for doing a moonsault off of. You know, off of the chest of uh, the Limitless One, like unbelievable. Yes. Just goes up there, like, like I see Keith Lee lining up and he's doing this. I'm like, what the hell's he? Oh, oh, all right, yeah, yeah, I'm behind that.
0: Yeah, man. Like, That's a star. You just killed all that
1: momentum. You just killed that... all that momentum that you had with a really good rampage. Because, or excuse me, with a really good dynamite heading into rampage, and all because now all we're talking about is the hell was that to end the show.
2: Like there were so many good matches last night. We had Punk and Penta just because like that was a damn good match. The six man was really good. Like from start to finish, that was a really good card. But yes, like the last thing you see is what you're going to remember. And the last thing we saw was a bunch of like, wait, who's this guy? And the announcers, I know they try, but like, I feel like it almost, it's WWE like when they insult our intelligence. Like, oh, of course it's the NBA's first ever Indian drafted player. Like, don't you know who that is? like no we don't like they didn't work like that I, by the way i it, believed i believe yeah.
1: jr when jr's like who's that
0: yeah no of course yeah actually jr had no idea no jr didn't know J- jr doesn't <laughs> i know jim jim doesn't want information he doesn't want. Right. like he'll just he'll have some notes but as far as like segment to segment even the wwe he didn't want to know he wanted to be excited but but what was so funny is mr information Mr. Prepared in Excalibur even didn't know who he was. And Tony's like, oh, yeah, I've seen him in Atlanta working out. I know this guy. He's saying. It's, just, it's just like, I'm like, like, wait a minute. How does Tony know but Excalibur doesn't know? Like, that's really strange. That was a twist that you don't see on AEW Dynamite usually.
2: Yeah, that's the – I don't like when they insult our intelligence. Like, I think that's part of the reason WWE is where it is in terms of wrestling fans because they insult our intelligence all the time. And that's what that is. Like, I'd rather them just be confused the whole time. I know we, they've run into it before, like, when Alistair debuted. No one knew what to call him. Like, like oh, it's it's Malachi or it's Alistair or it's, oh. hey, we know this guy. Like, you run into that also, but, like, I don't know. I, I don't like the insulting of intelligence.
0: But you guys I, are right, though. It was it, You're right, go guys. It really was a good dynamite up to that last point because it just confused everybody. But just shout-out to New Orleans. You had a choice. You can go to the Pelicans game at Smoothie King or go to the uh, – Uh, The UNL Lakefront Arena in New Orleans to see it, and it was a hot crowd. I mean, it was about 4,000 people uh, or maybe a little less, but just the point is that they were loud and into it. you love that because when you're watching at home, you're like, boy, this event I'd love to be at, so it's pretty cool.
1: All right. It feels like we've done a lot of negative talk after we got past our four pillars of wrestling. <laughs> we weren't exactly excited about a lot. Felt like our brains, yes, like J-Hood, <laughs> were being crushed. But Jay hood you're excited for the show you're going to this weekend, right? New Japan Pro yeah. Wrestling, first show in Chicago. They have uh, their events, the Windy City Riot. You're, you're going to that. Are you excited to go to the Windy City Riot on Saturday night?
0: I am at the Odium in suburban Chicago in Villa Park, Illinois. I'm looking forward to it because it's my first um New Japan show that I've ever that I've ever been to live. There's a lot of six man matches there or eight man tag team matches. They put a, they have a lot of talent they got, there. They've
1: got a twelve man match. They got a twelve. <laughs> yeah. They got a twelve man match featuring the Bullet Club.
0: Yeah, everyone's getting everyone's getting a check, brother. Just put as many <laughs> people out there as possible, but. Uh, it'll be my opportunity to see john moxley and by the way for a twist how about this john moxley's not a battle at the belts but he's going to be at new japan and remember new japan and this show and the aw show is going to be running around the same time i think that that's fascinating uh that john moxley's not available for battle of the belts but he's going to be there at new japan so that's cool but i'm looking forward to it because this is the first time that i've seen this last time i was in that building uh, impact, they ran that building for what like beyond for bound for glory or whatever. So I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a lot of fun.
2: I mean you yeah, got Mox, Mox and Osprey, like what else can you ask for?
1: Yeah,
0: well, that, yeah,
1: that's I'm I'm disappointed. I was I was initially slated to go to that show and I will not be there. Um Come on, but man. I am very disappointed because <laughs> you're again I'm, John Moxley versus Osprey to me is probably would be the match I'd be looking forward to the most. I'm guessing I'd walk out of there. Maybe not saying that was my favorite match of the night because it is a loaded card, and I think you're going to get a ton of action.
0: Juice Robinson said today um, with Brian Alvarez that, that he's going to be on this show also, that he is not wrestling for New Japan after the show on Saturday. And he says that he's not even really interested in wrestling anymore. I don't know what that means, but he says that after this, his contract's done with New Japan. That's just a little news. I know we're not we're not used to doing news on GKW, but that is, that's a little kernel, a little tidbit about Juice Robinson.
1: Yeah, he is in a six-man tag team Chicago street fight. Gonna be a big time match for him. So no rules, I'm assuming that's what that means. Anytime you just insert name of city here, street fights, just means there's no rules. But it, it should be uh, a great gotta... show.
0: We do have some questions. Show. We do have some questions. One question is, Uh, from Vikram says that, is this a rerun of WWE in 2017 with the Bollywood boys and gender?
1: It's not going to be as good because gender can move. Like at the end of the day, like Jinder isn't, you know, he's not like top caliber professional wrestler, but gender he can put on a good match. Like he can move, he can move around. And yeah, I can understand what the the WWE was trying to pull off there. Like if, yeah, but but if, but if it's
2: title. Like, Jinder was world title because of relationship. Like, I don't Oh,
1: yeah. Sure. But again, like, he could move. Like, yeah, I, yes. <laughs> I'm not putting a very high bar out there of can you move? <laughs> and if he can't, like, I'm not going to be interested. So at least, like, okay, I can kind of pay attention to this. It's not going to be terrible. Whereas, like, from what I saw from Singh last night, unless he suddenly can move better or had something <laughs> wrong with him on Wednesday night, I'm not expecting much out of him going forward.
2: I'm always amazed when I see big guys like that that can't move. Like, how did you make it to the NBA? Like, you just sat in the post forever. Like, I'm not saying I ever watched any
1: basketball. But like, how did that work? Because I mean, like, the, I don't understand. So, one of my favorite things that that I've ever like. One of my favorite things is we've done through ESPN Milwaukee. We've done free throw contests on the floor at the old Bradley Center now at at Pfizer Forum here in Milwaukee,
0: mm-hmm. and it's
1: you know it's early in the morning before a Bucks game. And we have like a hundred people come in, shoot free throws, and you're standing on that court and you're looking around, going, Man, this thing is huge. And then you go to the game that night and you see the players line up at the free throw line for the national anthem. You're going, Man, that court is tiny. Like when you're that big and now you're in a wrestling ring, like that's a tiny space to right. operate in when you used to have 94 feet. Right. So it's a different type of athleticism when we're talking about you know, bigger speed, straight line speed, getting up and down a floor versus the agility needed inside the squared circle. At All least right. that's, yeah. that's how I see it.
0: Yeah. He's, he's going to suck. The next question. <laughs> one other question.
1: Uh, no. oh, stop pushing my face. Uh, nader
0: 722. This last question says, do you think the merger between Warner media and discovery Inc. will have significant to AEW or not talking about significance to AEW? Okay. So here's I'm gonna say this not as a hot take, but as a mild take, guys. I'm very concerned about this. If this happened with WCW when they were they they were the the hot organization and they were the AEW of its time, and then when the ownership switched, they couldn't be as blue. They couldn't be as uh, coarse with their language. Things started to change, right? And so they could not be as what was it like? Not rated R, but like PG-13, yeah, TV-14.
1: 14, TV14, 14.
0: Yeah. they couldn't be that. And so uh, let's see if you could still swear in AEW after this merger is complete. Because that's one of the things that appeals, to, I think, to, to all of us is the edge of AEW where you can kind of speak your mind. You could swear. You can feel. You kind of just speak off the top of your head. Well, let's see if the edge is taken away with this new company that's taking over uh, Warner Media. We'll see. Is it's, it's going to be Discovery owned now? So we'll see if that changes. If it changes, it, it doesn't change the action in the ring. But as far as the language, it probably will. You agree? But I think Tony cares too much. I mean, we talked a lot about
2: Mox and Yuta. Like, that match doesn't work as well with no blood. Like, the blood added to that. And if they're going PG, which we don't know if they are, we don't think they are, I don't think they are, then you're not bleeding like that. Like, Wheeler Yuta cannot bleed like that on a PG show. And right. I think Tony, who cares about storylines, who cares about pro wrestling... I think he cares enough to protect that to make sure they still have the ability to do things like that.
1: And as long as they're making money, you you hope that they just leave it alone, right? Like as long as AEW is making money for TBS on Wednesday nights and TNT on Friday nights, like hopefully they care and just let that be, you know, just, okay, you guys are making us money. You haven't crossed you know we'll keep it tv 14 you guys have been doing well we'll continue to let you build your thing but you you're right there's always there's always that unknown when there's going to be a change in management potentially sure. that they're facing
0: it's a uh, a perfect example is when i worked for disney before we, I, we took got taken over by good karma broadcasting good, good Karma good karma broadcasting has standards but it's not so tight mm-hmm. like it is with, yeah, but not like it is with Disney. Because the, the mouse was uh, totally different than Good Karma Broadcasting. I feel like I'm more free to talk to you guys about whatever and feel like I'm not going to have the Disney mouse over my shoulder saying, don't say that, don't say that. I'll fire you. And so that's the difference. So, but, but it, there's a difference. In Good Karma, I feel like we feel free. We could be able to speak our minds. We could do it. But Disney was a different animal altogether.
1: Yeah, I mean, this show exists, so clearly, yes, standards are very high. Yes, very, yes. very high over at, at right. GKB. they allow us to create GKW. That will do it for us this week on GKW. Can't wait to hear the review of a New Japan wrestling show in Chicago, the Windy City Riot that J-Hood is going to be at. We'll review it all. We'll talk about it all next week on Good Karma Wrestling.